What's up, everybody? Welcome to another installment of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana, Roots, and folk music. Before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to give me a like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today's episode features Robert Ellis, who's an incredible songwriter from Texas, and we had a wide-ranging conversation about all kinds of stuff. We talked about his new album called Yesterday's News, which is incredible. We talked about jazz music. We talked about roots music in general. We talked about philosophy and the universe. It was a fantastic conversation. He's an incredible songwriter, and I love this album. It's out now. You can find it wherever you find streaming music, so uh, check it out there. And it's also coming out on vinyl. So if you're into that, check it out on vinyl as well. All right, let's get to today's episode. Here is my conversation with Robert Ellis. Enjoy. Cool, cool, man. Um, well, yeah, the new album sounds incredible. Um, it's it's very different. Um, I, I love how unique it sounds. It really stands out. And I was uh, wondering if you could just talk a little bit about the the arrangements and um, the way you recorded it and um, the instruments you recorded with, what, what, what were you thinking um, uh, as far as um, uh, recording this, this very sparse kind of album? And so they were written kind of, you know, at twilight, either early morning or late at night when the kids were sleeping. And I think kind of because of that, a lot of the tunes themselves, I was just playing and singing very quietly on this little nylon string classical that I have at home. Um, and so they all kind of, you know, came out around the same time, um, sort of in those really quiet moments uh, before or after the kid is asleep. Um, so that was that was the beginning. And then once I had a body of tunes together, um, I, I don't know. I just I've been really into over the last few years. Um, there's a couple albums by Chet Baker that are really quiet and um, nylon string guitar, vocal, and trumpet and and also like, you know, English folk stuff like Nick Drake and John Martin and just like really chill folk music. Um, and I just, you know, as the song started taking shape and I got an idea of what the album was going to feel like, um, it just seemed obvious to me that it should all be recorded live. It should all be kind of right above a whisper, you know, like never get above a certain threshold of excitement and um, and just be captured in a really like, organic way you know it's me and an upright player the whole record and we recorded the whole thing in maybe a day or two days you know just really quick and focused on getting us in the right position uh around the microphones making the recording sound good and then just going just playing through the songs you know um and and i don't know another big part of this to me was that it feel very like full takey you know, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that if I wanted to get in and fix shit, I could, um, you know, like there's mistakes is what I'm saying, but sort of as a point of pride, cause I think it's, it's right for the genre. I just, if a take felt good, I was like, well, okay. I sang an out of tune note. Fuck it. We're just going to leave it. And that's, <laughs> you know, like that's what happened on that take. And I really like it. So yeah, that's kind of the vibe. Um, and I just, 
I don't know, as it started to take shape and I started to really think about how it would feel and sound, a, a big thing that I kept coming back to is I wanted it to be something that you could fall asleep listening to, you know, that would just be like very, very chill and just, I don't know, not exciting. Like, I think that there's exciting stuff in the songs, but from a recording and arrangement perspective, I just didn't want any shit jumping out at you and being like, and now the big chorus happens, you know, like. Yeah, that's interesting. And and I don't know um, if it was, it, it, it seems like there, there, there's a couple other al- um, albums out there, like like Andrew Combs has an album uh, that came out about six months ago, and, and it has a similar really chill kind of vibe to it. And I, I, I was wondering if there's maybe, maybe in the back of people's minds, kind of like socially, things are so kind of chaotic right now, and politics and everything's in your face and whatnot. If maybe there's a little bit of a subconscious thing kind of with people going, musicians especially who are sensitive to it, are thinking maybe we should, you know, pull back a little bit and like put some chill stuff out, you know? Did that, was that something yeah. that crossed your mind at all or? I mean, definitely personally, that's what I want to do. You know, like I, I, after all of this insanity over the last couple of years, like I need to find stillness in my life and career. Um, but I, I don't know, I would say seeing a lot of the music that's coming out in a way, it's almost like a lot of things went back to business as usual, you know, like there's still like these really, uh, I don't know, in my opinion, overwrought, uh, exciting albums coming out by X artists that you need to know about. And it's going to be the cool new song of the summer or whatever. Like that shit's still happening. You know, people are still trying to fill big concert halls and play fun live shows. Um, but for a number of reasons, that's not where I'm at in my life. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of things. Um, I think the kids play maybe the largest part of all of it. Um, you know, I, I want to have a career where I can leave on a Friday, play a show by myself, come home on Saturday and hang out with them. And just for years now, you know, I've been doing this thing where I'm going out on tour with a five piece band in a van for four weeks at a time. And it's just unsustainable. Um, and you know, that is exciting. And I think the music, should kind of reflect how fun that machine is. But the, the place I'm at in my life now, like I want to um, just pop out and make people happy for a minute with some songs and fly home. Like that's kind of my vibe. And this, this record is meant to, you know, be the canvas to do that with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty easy setup with you just got like two guys going to a show or whatever, or you could do them acoustic really easily as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fantastic. And I mean, I get into some heady, um, I don't know, sort of woo woo shit, uh, just about philosophy and life and and things. And, um, I don't know, for a long time, I've felt like music is a really unique job because it's, it's one of the few jobs where it's, it's a requirement every day when I play shows that I be fully present and live in the moment for those 45 minutes to an hour. Like, it's the thing that we have to do when we play music to be effective at it is the same thing that people are trying to do through meditation. It's just to be fully connected to the moment and present and reacting. And I just, I don't know, I've been really thinking about that idea a lot and just trying to look at the whole thing as a big meditation, you know, and, and the recording process too. I don't know how much you get into 
how all that stuff works, but I have a studio here and we produce for other bands and like a lot of the modern recording process is not about, it's not about that kind of focus on the moment. It's not about performance. It's about uh, like construction and fixing things and making everything right. You know, piecing together this giant puzzle that's going to be a product to be sold. Um, and just my head has been so in the camp lately of like in the recording, in the show, I just want to be fully there and make music and like, you know, just fucking exist. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I was just watching with my wife. I was watching the, um, the Jason Isbell documentary that came out on uh, HBO and um, it's about the making of the album that came out in, in 2020. Um, he's making it in 2019. And um, it's, it's interesting that the re recording, I don't know how familiar you are with Dave Cobb and, and the way he records and stuff, but it's, it is very in the moment. And um, so he's, the band is, he's bringing the songs and um, he's kind of finishing up the lyrics and he's playing it for everyone in the room for the first time. And they're about to record, they have everything set up and then they'll go just take like, they'll do like three takes. And so everyone has to kind of work out their parts and then they'll just like just jump right into it. And I thought that was kind of interesting because there is so many ways to record and there's not a right or wrong way to do it. Uh, but I just found that to be like a really interesting way to um, to get musicians to kind of like um, kind of be in the moment, you know, like you were, you were talking about and, and kind of jump in there. Yeah, I mean, and Jason can do it. His band's awesome and he's awesome. I, I think the work gets done somewhere. It gets done on the front side of it or the back side of it. Like if you've worked really hard to play music and write songs and be good at music, then I think the recording process should be just capturing that, you know, like it should just be, you just do it. I mean, realistically though, there are a lot of bands, you know, and I've worked with some that just, it's difficult to get a performance, you know? And so you have to do that work on the backside to get that stuff to make sense. And like you said, there's no right or wrong way to do it. But like my feeling is now I'm like, okay, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty happy with, I at least know who I am. I know that when I sing something once, it's probably going to be as good as the second or third time I sing it. You know, like it's probably going to pretty much be all the same. So I should just go for the thing that has the most life in it and not be so critical of my little mistakes, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, the mistakes, you, you mentioned that before, too. I, th I thought that was a cool part of it. Like, there aren't, like, m bad mistakes, but there's, like, parts where, like, the the um, the two instruments don't end, like, exactly perfectly on a grid together. And I was, yeah. I was listening to it with headphones, you know, and you're just kind of like, I, I, I enjoy that. I like it's hearing. It's cool. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like you're there, you know? And, and yeah, yeah. you hear it on old jazz records, but you don't really hear it on modern recordings very much because you can't fix it so easily. And I love that you left it in there like that, you know? I thought Thank that was cool. You. Dude, thank you for noticing. Yeah, I mean, that shit is, there, that tune, Yesterday's News, there's like, I think we did three or four takes of that. And then we chose the one that's kind of pushy and like a little bit uh, loose, you know? Like, I don't know, I felt the same way listening back. I was like, man, this is not, we're not hitting everything together, but it sounds fucking awesome to me. <laughs> you know, like, there were definitely tighter versions, you know, but like, that one just had something in it that I was like, this has got to be it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about yesterday's news, actually, that's the, the title track. And um, I, I, I also feel that there was kind of like a... Um, 
like there's a unique vibe to the whole thing and i could be a way off base with this but it had kind of a bossa nova kind of feel to it um kind of definitely in the world of jazz um but it's hard to put a label on what these songs sound like um because they are pretty unique but um yeah just love if you could talk about that song um uh, especially and and um just kind of what sort of like sounds you were going for with the whole thing I did a gig like three years ago um, in Austin uh, where I I put together a little combo and I went through all of these Chet Baker Sings arrangements and I made a book of his exact versions of all these songs. And then we played a set where we just did all Chet Baker tunes the whole night. Um, and through going, you know, by going through that music, um, I don't know, I, I love that music anyway. I've been obsessed with him for a long time. It's very like, it's very relaxed and patient jazz music. And it's really quiet and really beautiful. And I just love his sensibilities. And so anyway, I was just obsessed with that stuff and really took a deep dive into his arrangements into the harmony and the writing. And I feel like that stuff just sort of stuck with me, you know, like from diving so deep into it it kind of like became a part of my, my writing in a cool way. And, um, and that song just, I don't know, it just all sprang out at once, you know, but um, it definitely has some of that like intrigue and the changes, the bridge goes to an unrelated key. You know, there's some, some weird sharp 11 shit happening, passing tone stuff that you just don't really hear in country and folk music in the same way, you know, like you just, it's, it's very jazz. Um, in the tradition of jazz music, um, which I've always loved that stuff, you know, but there's, there's a real difference, I think, in Chet's approach to all of it, just in presentation, you know, like the same song in his hands could sound so incredibly tragic and sad, and then could sound like a really fun tune if uh, Hoagie Carmichael sang it, you know, like, I don't know, there was just something about his his lens of looking at songs and looking at the world that just it really speaks to me. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with his stuff. I, I want to check it out for sure. What, what kind of era was he around? I'm going to send you a link to a documentary that was made about him in the eighties. It's called let's get lost. And Bruce Weber went and filmed the whole thing. And it's just fucking beautiful. Um, and yeah, he was just kind of this like, really um it was just a really different sound than any anybody else was doing you know and and a lot of it just had to do with the sort of cool nature of it and the quiet nature of it um and yeah i'll send you this documentary and you can go down a wormhole um just looking into this stuff but you know he's a trumpet player primarily um but he's got a handful of albums where he also sings and he kind of sings like he plays trumpet and he'll like sing solos and the solos he sings are as good as if somebody played them on an instrument. Like it's singing is one of these things that like immediately people are like, Ooh, I don't like that. And I totally get why. Cause it's mostly, fun. but Chet Baker, like when he sings, he sounds like an instrument and it's not like this, you know, funny uh, sound singing. It's just like him, it could just be him humming a solo, but you know, he's just got such a strong grasp on harmony that you're like, Ooh, that's like a trumpet solo that you just did with your beautiful voice. <laughs> you know, like, um, 
and yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's, he's a huge inspiration. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, a bunch of folk records to me have the same sort of ethos, just like this idea of quiet and patient and, um, just kind of being in a, I, I wanted the whole record from start to finish to be one color and sort of one vibe, you know, like, and there's not just this disparate disconnected feeling between all the songs. Like I wanted it to be 45 minutes where you put it on and you're like in a different world. And hopefully when you leave your house to go do stuff, that feeling stays with you, you yeah. know, for the day, like brings you a sense of quiet and peace, you know? Yeah. For sure. Well, when I was uh, the first time I listened to it, I was in a in an airport getting ready to board a plane, and um, it was a pretty stressful environment. So it was like I had my headphones on. I was kind of in my own world, and there's all this kind of chaos happening in front of me. And I was like, "This is good airport music, actually. It's really <laughs> it really helps you relax a little bit in that situation." That's one of my favorite places to listen to music. That is like one of my favorite places to listen to quiet music. Uh, it's just so nice when you're standing in customs you know, and like, and it's utter chaos. Um, I just flew back yesterday from Charlotte or day before and, um, was listening to Beethoven's seventh, which, uh, the second movement of that is like this really beautiful, dark melody. Um, and just like same experience. I was just in the airport, just like, Oh my gosh, this is the most epic music. And it's like so perfectly soundtracking, like the erratic nature of humans all trying to travel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's really weird. It's great. Cause you feel like you're in a movie kind of like, cause there's all this yeah. like action happening in front of you and people going and all this stuff going on and you're just like in your own world and it's just chill. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. it's just like, it's weird. It's a weird juxtaposition happening at that scene. It makes it feel to me like this beautiful dance that everyone is doing and not knowing it. Like every single element in the airport is acting in concert and it's functioning as this like giant organism and like yeah it looks chaotic if you're standing in the middle of it but like with a soundtrack like that you step back and you're like oh my gosh this is fucking beautiful yeah i don't know it's really weird yeah it is <laughs> somebody should make a weird artsy movie about that like some kind of like a pov of you're in an airport but there's like chill music happening i think i'd watch that for like 40 minutes you know <laughs> yeah It'd be weird. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I could get really heady on this stuff, but like the inside of a cell looks really chaotic if you look at it close enough. And if you look at it far away, it looks, I don't know. I just, it's to me, it's like there's something happening, like a larger thing happening there that like, depending on your point of view can take on a lot of different meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a weird thing about the universe too. Um, like when you, when you zoom in, everything kind of looks the same as when you zoom way out, it's all there's, yeah. everything's kind of orbish and, and everything is spinning, you know? And yeah. it's like, I don't trip out about that sometimes. Like why is everything spinning? You know, like in, yeah, in outer space, everything's spinning all over. It's just, it's wild. You and know? if you're at varying places in it, different, like if you're in the middle zones, like you get close enough, you're like, shit, everything's on fire. This is total fucking chaos. And then you zoom out a little more and you're like, everything's really quiet and cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's weird. It's remarkable perspective. For sure. <laughs> well, this has been the, uh, the, the, the stoner talk version of our, uh, of the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I like that. Stuff. I don't even smoke weed, by the way. <laughs> 
yeah. I, I do. I love philosophy. Dude. I, it, it's cool that you like it. But um, I took some philosophy in, in college and um, always love that stuff. I love reading philosophy books. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I like vacillate between that's like philosophy and then stuff about music. Like that's kind of that's my jam. And a lot of it. I like philosophy about music too. You know, like those, those are some of my favorites. Um, just composers or conductors talking about just like how they think about music, not like technical references on music, but like just people talking about the way they approach it, the way they think, think about it, you know, like it's, um, I don't know, puts me in a good headspace. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about this song, um, Gene. I thought that was a really um, interesting one. That's the, the opening track for the album. And uh, yeah, I'd just love to hear more about that song and kind of where that one came from. Yeah, it was written to, sort of to, it was written for or to my son. Um, and his middle name is Gene. And um, yeah, again, it just kind of like all came out at once. And I really didn't obsess that much over the lyrics, like, I just kind of wrote them down as I sang them and, you know, looked at it and I was like, I really like this. Um, there's the overarching idea is that it's, he's growing up in a world that is, um, it's pretty fucked up, you know, and like, and the idea of anxiety and seeing him learn anxiety you know, like, as you know, kids, they don't really come out with it. It's something that I think we, we give them at some point. I don't know when it is, but like, but like general anxiety about the future, I do think that's a construct that they learn. They learn to be worried about what's going to happen on Tuesday, you know? Um, and otherwise, I think kids generally kind of live in the moment. They cry when they're hungry and they shit when they need to shit and they just kind of do whatever's right in front of them. Um, and so, I don't know, that song it's, it's kind of all about anxiety and it's about growing up in a, a sort of dysfunctional world in society. And, um, but it's also me grappling with that stuff. And I, th I think there's a bit of an apologist, um, I don't know, sort of like reason at the end of the song for why I still think it's okay to have kids, you know, like the, the chorus says three times, um, the darkness frightens even me and you know, your stomach tightens, it's hard to breathe. And then you can't hold up the world when there's no ground below you. The last chorus, it's like, they'll say you can't hold up the world when there's no ground below you, but they don't know you. Like the idea being like, I think that these problems are something that hopefully he can fix and we can fix. And you know, like I, I, I do think that it is completely valid and important to continue living even if you think everything is fucked up you know like there's a reason behind it um you know there's like meaning in it um and even if that's just the meaning we give it it's still important and worthwhile so i don't know that's kind of the gist of that tune yeah that's a great message i like that i think about that a lot with my son and uh, the world that he's inheriting you know it's um it's tough sometimes you feel a little guilty for it yeah it's fucked up it's dark, um, but we got a fucked up one too. And everyone, you know, to varying degrees has gotten a fucked up hand. And it's just like, whatever we do with it is going to be what the next thing is. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if anything, I just like, that's the one thing. My children are the one thing that I really do feel like 
I have some influence, some, you know, obviously, as you know, they can turn out to be whatever they turn out to be. And that's awesome. But I do feel like it's my responsibility to just teach him some lessons that were very hard learned for me that I didn't really get to till I was, you know, 30 years old, like, just like, and especially like that song in particular about anxiety, about the idea that like, dealing with these, these feelings, uh, sort of head on and just admitting that they're there, acknowledging them and realizing that you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be at their mercy at the same time, you know, like it's kind of a, a choice in a way, whether you give fear of the future, the full center stage in your life, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's a good message. Well, um, is the album coming out on vinyl? Because I feel like it would be an amazing listen on a, on a record. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I should have the vinyl in hand like this month at some point. Um, and then it'll obviously, it's released May 19th. So it should be in stores around then. And then if people pre-order it on my website, I'll probably send it out as soon as I get them uh, in hand. But I'm really excited. I listened to the test pressings last week and it sounds so it's like it's the way i intended it to be heard for sure you know like on a on a record a nice record player with headphones or like nice hi-fi speakers like as soon as i heard it i was just like oh my gosh all the edges are just so nicely rounded off and it's just a pleasant really pleasant listen nice and warm yeah yeah that's awesome I love that. I love the vinyl made a comeback. It's it's great stuff. I've been into it for a while now. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I am obsessed, and so I, I love that it made a comeback. It's also where all my money goes. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. you, you know, and I I still That's do awesome. listen to streaming and stuff for sure. But like, man, I'm a sucker for like, especially jazz. You get down that wormhole, and you're like finding some cool reissue that was recorded and like pressed in a super hi-fi way. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. It's really fun. For sure. Well, speaking of uh, your website and whatnot, um, if people want to find out more about you online and and do um, uh, orders and that kind of stuff, what's the best place to look for you online? I believe my current website is (laughs) robertellis.website. I've never heard of that website. Um, if you Google me, you'll find my previous website, which was made around Texas Piano Man. It's called pianoman.com, which is the last record I released. And that website is fully crazy. It's like, uh, it looks like a scam and it's not a scam. It's, it's a real website, but, um, yeah, but my current one is, is more serious and it's Robert Ellis website, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, the album sounds amazing. Uh, I love the songs, and um, yeah, thanks for, for recording something so different. I, I, I think it'll 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 find its place in the world. Um, it's a really cool thing. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and tell a friend. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.